0: Hello, beautiful souls.
1: We bring you conscious content filled with empowering information.
0: Designed to align you with the fulfilling freedom of activated awareness.
1: I am Rachel Alcyon.
0: And I am Daniel Alcyon.
1: Welcome, welcome to, to the Ecstatic, Ecstatic Existence
0: Podcast.
1: Oh yeah, welcome back. Icelandic Tour Part 2. Ooh.
0: The Ecstatic Existence Podcast, doing something different.
1: Yep. Usually we're interviewing high-vibe guests that have a lot to say in their expert fields of spirituality, wellness, and health.
0: And this one is much more personal. This is me, Daniel Alcyon.
1: And Rachel Alcyon.
0: Driving around Iceland in a camper van.
1: Sharing our own ecstatic existence with you. Yeah. Up close and personal.
0: We documented our experience every single day, just all the different things that we did and saw and experienced in the amazing country of Iceland. And so we're sharing it with you. This is part two.
1: And if you haven't done so yet, go back and listen to part one. It's a real cliffhanger. (laughs) Yeah, it is.
0: And you'll get caught up to right where we take off in this one.
1: Mm -hmm. Which uh, is at the Black Sandy Beaches of Vik, which is southeastern Iceland. Where then we move on to all of the waterfalls. They're all like clustered. I mean, there's waterfalls everywhere, but there's a ton right down there in the southern point of, of Iceland.
0: All different, and some of them really massive, some of them a little more dainty. Mm -hmm. One we could walk behind. We walked behind a waterfall. And we
1: had a makeout. That was fun.
0: Yep, waterfall makeout sesh.
1: You get to hear our underwhelming story of a hot spring experience. Oh, you
0: mean the lukewarm spring?
1: Right, the algae spring that we (coughs) hiked miles to get to. (laughs) We also got the van stuck, so be sure to... Follow that adventure.
0: Yeah, and you learn all about the roadside assistance in Iceland.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we went to the Elf and Ghost Museum, so you can learn more about the hidden people and the little people.
0: And then we began our trek around the Golden Circle, which is the interior Oof. ring of Iceland. Going to Geysir, which is a beautiful resort and an actual geyser, several mm-hmm. actual geysers.
1: hmm We had a fantastic spa experience, which was right on the edge of a boiling lake.
0: The whole lake isn't (laughs) boiling, but there are parts that are boiling in the lake. Lagervaten.
1: We climbed into the Great Divide of the tectonic plates.
0: Yeah, we had one hand on the North American continent and one hand on the European continent and stood in the divide. Yeah. That was awesome. That's
1: pretty sweet. That's at a
0: place called Thingvellir.
1: Mm-hmm. So this was a very sacred land for the people of Iceland. And uh, be sure to find out why. And lots of TV shows and movies have been filmed there. Like, Including, um, I
0: think, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah,
1: for all those Throners out there
0: and we took a journey to an amazing place called Rajgadalur which means smoky valley mm-hmm. and h- hiking up the smoky valley we actually skinny dipped in a hot river yes it was incredible mhm and then we wrap up this part 2 of our travel log with a magic peninsula sunset at the full moon it was like nothing else i've ever seen or experienced enjoy this journey with us
1: And hopefully you're getting excited to take your own trip to Iceland soon.
0: When we left off, we had just recounted our tale from last night. Oh, yes. And they don't even know anything that's happened today.
1: Oh, my golly. It has been a whirlwind.
0: Oh, my gosh! So we started our day. The first thing was we went to Vic in the town of Vic, and uh,
1: yeah, we sent out some postcards to the kids and my mom, and
0: did some shopping all all that good stuff.
1: yeah, got provisions
0: and then we headed out to a really cool spot that is a uh, black sand beach that has these basalt rock formations, these very like square. Angular pillars of basalt that come up. Oh, and it's
1: just incredible. Yeah, and we got to uh, lay on the beach.
0: Yeah, and the whole beach is these uh polished black stones, like these perfectly polished, super smooth.
1: Right, like black back stones. in the back in the US, you would probably pay five dollars for a little baggie of these perfectly polished black stones. And
0: it's just a whole beach full whole of beach. Them. There's this cave where the basalt formations are that the legend is that there was a a troll. It was a big monster cave. That,
1: and this was the entrance.
0: But then it caved in at some point. And so it was only a partial cave anymore, but it used yeah. to be real deep and the monster would live in there.
1: And it blocked it off now. Yeah, and the other cool thing about the basalt is that because it's volcanic and black, it holds heat really, really well. So it was a gorgeous summer day. Uh the, the air was a little bit crisp and there was a little bit of a breeze, but because of the hot rocks and because of the hot sun, we were warm. I mean there were people laying out with their shirts off even and
0: Yeah.
1: I mean then there were other tourists that were all bundled up but with
0: scarves. Yeah, we and felt parkas. like gosh,
1: this is a great day and you know, I was just in short sleeves and we played on the beach and did some acro yoga and took some cool photos.
0: And then you were in a lot less than short sleeves. <laughs> Rachel decided to do a little nudie-booty photo shoot, and so...
1: I like to be naked in nature, and so if there is opportunity for it... I mean, I would have been naked all over this island. All of the environments were so pristine and gorgeous, but very cold. So today was the first warm day. I was in nature. I got naked.
0: Yeah, we got a couple cool photos. It was great. Then from there, we headed on to the next stop, which was a really large landmass... That looks like an elephant. It's a big elephant rock. Mm-hmm. Has this natural land bridge that was really cool. And a um, couple different spots you can go on there. We went to this first spot and there was a arch, this like natural basalt arch.
1: Oh my gosh, it was so cool. And the ray- waves were just crashing in.
0: Into this cave below. And so like rushing in and like you could see how turbulent the sea was down there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then some... Some guy, I looked at it and I was like, well, I could go out on this arch and get the epic photo of like standing on top of this natural stone arch. And it was like, the thing I don't looked know. like it
1: could just crumble any moment, though, because of the way that it was structured. It was, it's not just like a big solid chunk of rock. It's like, it looks like all these little rocks sort of pieced together.
0: Yeah, the basalt looks like it's made out of like building blocks, the whole thing.
1: Right. I was like, mm, that could crumble.
0: And it was just pretty sketch, because one wrong move, and you'd fall, like, 60 feet into, like, churning, turbulent, freezing water. Not cool. But this one dude, this one guy, he's going out there, <laughs> and he's, like, doing the double thumbs up, like, hey, like, this kind of pose, you know, and getting his he's friends He's trying to, to get his up.
1: girlfriend to come out, too.
0: And he's like, "It's come on, Hannah, it's totally easy. Hannah, you just, like, <laughs> I'll show you. You can use your hands. You can just walk up here. Come on, Hannah.
1: Hannah, like, gets, like, two steps, if even, up there, and she's like, mm, I don't know, babe. And he's like, oh, it's so easy. And her friends are like, Hannah.
0: One of them has this best line. "Is like, Hannah, you're like a fart away from death.
1: <laughs> Which is so <laughs> true. Because it wouldn't take much to just blow you off that little land bridge.
0: And so we were just joking about that for a good oh amount God. of time. Hannah,
1: like, Hannah, you're one fart away from a- your death.
0: <laughs> oh! <laughs> Into the water.
1: oh my gosh Um, and then we took another really treacherous drive it was like basically one lane steep bumpy gravel steep um, yeah up to this really cool lighthouse and that was where you could see the the elephant landmass. and then it looked like there was like off in the distance another little baby uh, elephant rock formation so we took some pictures of that it's pretty incredible
0: yeah that was pretty great so then it was like wa- the waterfall tour. We went down from there and then, like. No,
1: then we went in the cave. Oh, then the we fern went the magic cave. cave. Fern
0: That's right. There was a cave across from this area and it was kind of up on, situated up on a hill. And so we parked and then, like, ran up this big hill and went into this cave. And it was magical. We got a video of that, too. So
1: beautiful. Ferns growing all over the walls, all over the ceilings. Just lush green inside this cave. It's so unsuspecting, too.
0: Yeah. The other caves we'd seen hadn't had that.
1: No, not at all. And uh, Daniel's been getting his his cave exploring quota met for probably the year.
0: Oh man, like my inner child is just so, so stoked on all this. So yeah, we saw this fern gully cave, all these cool nesting birds, beautiful views. Then we went on the waterfall tour, saw a couple different waterfalls that were all, you know, they all have their own unique character. One was massive really Massive, powerful
1: powerful yeah and the second one we got to actually go behind and so the legend has it that a viking hid his treasure i mean maybe it was like eric the red or like some some mm-hmm. famous viking hid his treasure in a treasure chest behind this waterfall he lodged it in between the rocks and sort of hid it somehow and many 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 years later a uh, a little farm boy Was able to find it, and he he yarded the thing out. He was able to unstuck the thing, pulled it out, and the strap broke. The handle broke, and all the jewels and gold and whatever else was in this treasure chest fell to the bottom of the waterfall.
0: And it's been lost ever since?
1: Lost ever since. It's a very Goonies-esque tale.
0: Yeah. So... Now, you can go behind this waterfall, and it's really epic. It's, like, incredible to actually be in a space behind a waterfall, and it's super misty and really awesome and magical. We actually
1: saw a bride and groom back there. They may have said their wedding vows there, even. Maybe. And they're definitely having a sweet wedding photo shoot.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's for
1: sure, but you get pretty wet, so.
0: And then we also saw some some real bros, some real broskies,
1: I was like, oh my god, get away from <laughs> get them away from me. They
0: were taking their like GoPro and like pointing it at themselves on a selfie stick and then just literally going, Woo! Woo woo woo, woo and like just hooting and hollering so loud and it's like disturbing the beautiful peace
1: of the And this they're place. like running all over the the beautiful mossy parts where like you're not supposed to go and
0: Yeah, there's and like clearly is- marked areas that have a rope and a big like no boots sign. <laughs> like don't go past this.
1: Yeah, and they're just stomping all over it, yelling woo. Um, and we may be a little bit more sensitive because this was day five, and we have been around no people.
0: Yeah, that's true. So
1: this was really our first brush with like, oh, there's human. There's other humans in the world.
0: And it made me just a little bit sad because this one was a little more touristy. This p- particular waterfall was a little yeah, more touristy. Yeah, this was one of
1: the most touristy things we've Do you remember done. the name, Rachel? Uh, Seljalandsfoss. Yeah. Seljalandsfoss.
0: And so, but Fosses, falls more touristy, like the more touristy areas tend to get a little more trashed, a little more damaged. There was a little more, just a pinch of litter. Not much at all. Not but just like anything bit. you'd
1: see in the States, but, but yeah. But
0: the, there were like, you know, signs that say don't walk here that were then like covered with boot prints through the mud. Like everybody just tromping in the areas you're not supposed to go. And it was pretty epic alone. You don't even need to do all that stuff. So,
1: So when you're out in nature, please respect it. Please Definitely. be really respectful. Whatever you take in, you have to take out. Don't leave a trace. Leave it better than than you found it, right? Like your mom taught you.
0: And it's a habitat. It's a living ecosystem and habitat. So if you're, like, tromping all over some moss and, like, just destroying plants and wildlife, it's no good. No bueno. Right.
1: Use your soft voice.
0: No yeah. wooing. <laughs> well, you can woo, but do it respectfully. Yeah. So, then... We decided to stop at a lovely hot spring, hot pot, that Rachel had heard all about. Yeah. she did some research and she read about this place. I found a really
1: sweet Pinterest photo and I was like, we got to go there. So I located it and it was between here and our next destination. So it seemed perfect and it wasn't too far off the road. There was another incredible hot spring, but it was probably, it would have been about an hour or so detour. So this was, this seemed perfect. And so we we follow the road.
0: But the maps didn't even say you could get yep. there.
1: The map couldn't figure out how to get us there. And it actually, on Google Maps, it took you down a road and then it turned into a little tiny thin road, which we assumed was a gravel road, which it was. And then you get to a certain point and it stops. And so I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I've, I've been to some pretty, you know, rustic hot springs where you have to hike in. I mean, I've hiked like eight miles to a hot spring before. so. I knew that we would probably have to hike a little bit, so then we hike in, and there's a couple people ahead of us, and we're just kind of following along, like, right, I guess this is the way, I mean, looks like there's a little bit of a trail.
0: And then in the distance we see like some little buildings and some structures yeah. and start to we're you know like, get oh, oh,
1: okay, oh cool we're getting some, all excited some facility even wow
0: and then like some people had walked out the trail the other way with like towels over their shoulders
1: yeah. and on their heads and there something like a little bit wet hair and we're like good, yes promising. this is awesome <laughs> and then we get there and it's very rustic
0: very rustic to say the least
1: to say the least it's pretty much like a swimming pool from the 1920s that and got filled in with hot water and then was forgotten since then
0: yeah the water's <laughs> like never been changed it's so green it's so
1: green and uh they had a couple little changing rooms and the but the
0: changing rooms, that's pretty a loose description. They're yeah. basically just like an open concrete room. There's no... There's no... It's not bathroom. gender
1: specific, so that's great.
0: Yep. Not gender specific. It's just like t- uh, some open rooms with some wood slats on the floor and some hooks on the wall.
1: Yep. And it was cute because there was a, a French woman who was walking ahead of us. And when we with got the there... With, with a little family. With a kid. little family. Yeah, they had a little baby. And she and I looked at each other and we both were like, well, Okay. <laughs> at the same time. Okay, then. Good.
0: Yeah, this is what we're doing. This is
1: it. We're here. Um, yeah, so we got in, and it was uh, it was pretty warm. There were some hot spots where you could kind of hang out, but um, I definitely prefer my my hot spring experience to be a little bit more on the scalding hot side. <laughs> yeah. That helps me to know that, you know, maybe germs aren't, you know, growing, so... Anyway, it was great. I'm glad that we did it.
0: I'm super glad we did it. It was a crazy experience. I wouldn't repeat it.
1: No, no. We, but it was we so fun. been there, done that. We don't need to go back.
0: Yeah, we were we weren't there for very long. I mean, usually if we were it in a hot spring, we'd be there for like hours. And we were like, I don't know, 20 minutes. And we're like, well, check this one off the list.
1: All right. I'm so glad we did it. It was really fun and funny. And, you know, there were other like couples that... That sort of filtered in and, and the girls sort of looked at it with their noses turned up and were like, mm-mm, not getting in that. So we felt adventurous. Yeah, and then we, you know, headed out of there and uh...
0: started to find our place for the night and kind of weren't finding it, weren't finding it and it was interesting because usually we just kind of like clicked and we would just find our campsite for the night right away.
1: Well, and here is part of the story that is important is that Daniel kind of wanted to go down one road, and I kind of wanted to go down the other road. And both of us were like, eh, I mean, whatever. Whatever you want to do. Neither of us were really willing to just, like, make up our minds and say very clearly where we wanted to be and what we wanted to do. And so we thought, well, hmm, all right, we'll just get back out on Highway 1 because that's closer to where we want to be going.
0: And we'll head in the direction we plan to go
1: and see what happens. And the terrain has changed drastically before we were in a lot of mountains or hills um, or on the beach or, you know, there. Were, this is like Kansas. Just, it's like farm country. It's like flat, flat, flat. There's no, and there are no trees. And so there's really nowhere to go. There's nowhere that feels sort of secluded. And in all of the land... Um, even though it's flat and goes on for as far as the eye can see, it, it seems like it belongs to people. Like it's all sort of fenced off. Um,
0: yeah. And so there's just really not anywhere to pull over and and park for the night.
1: Yeah. So we turn down a street and.
0: Oh, there's these symbols. There's these symbols that we've come to notice and we just call them the cool shit sign Yeah, because there's this one little logo. It's like
1: almost like a four leaf clover.
0: Yeah. It's like kind of like a picture of freeway roundabout in all four directions. That's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. And that they put that symbol on these signs for where there's like, as far as we can figure, it's where there's cool shit.
1: Yeah, we don't like really know what else. All of the it means. amazing things are happening here. It's like it's either a waterfall or a volcano or an iceberg or, or a, a black
0: beach or something. Or,
1: yeah, and so if you see this clover leaf sign, then you have to go check out what's there.
0: And so we're driving and. Uh, I saw a cool shit sign. Oh, it's
1: a cool shit sign! Yes, that's where we'll
0: go. We'll head in the direction of the cool shit and then find a place to park. Can't
1: buy the cool shit.
0: And so it was a very long straight road in the middle of farm country, just horse pastures everywhere. Which
1: parallel this long straight road is a dirt road, and we keep thinking, like, gosh, if we can get down to that dirt road then we could just be there and at least we're like a a, you know a few feet below the the street line and off of the main road and it feels sort of secluded
0: because remember none of the roads have any shoulder whatsoever not like we would just park right on the shoulder anyway but there's no shoulder and so i found a place i could pull in i was like okay great cool i'm gonna turn in i'm gonna go down onto this little black sand dirt road and we'll find a place to park as i'm driving along trying to find a spot that's a little bit like lower than the road just to not be perfectly parallel with the main road the tires started sinking into the softest soil ever
1: it was like a sinkhole and it was like quicksand we were just like fucking sinking into this dirt and the <laughs> si-
0: tires were spinning and sinking us in further and we i couldn't, I couldn't go in up, reverse we or forward nope, just stuck And And so my front tires, our front tires were so deep that, like, the van was basically resting on its frame and the wheels were, like, sunk up to... At
1: least halfway.
0: Yeah, halfway.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And so we had a plan and we tried to, like, get it out. We dug all this...
1: So then we're digging out dirt by our hands. We dig out the whole car with our bare hands. We fill in the trenches where the tires would be. With all the rocks. We collect all the rocks.
0: And we try to make like a rock road. It's on videotape
1: if you wanna see it. (laughs) And mind you, (laughs) it is so ridiculous.
0: This is midnight. (laughs)
1: It's It's midnight. midnight. Yes. We already were pushing it with, um, you know, finding our, our location so late in the day. And then this.
0: So we got stuck. I had to call in for some backup and call for a tow which was very interesting. And so, you know, we started cooking our dinner and just waiting for the tow to arrive.
1: And the amazing thing too is that then we end up looking up above the at the road, right? Cuz we're on the lookout for our tow truck guy, and all of the Icelandic horses from the neighboring pasture came, like 20 of them came to check out and see what was going on. They were like so curiously concerned. About what we were doing.
0: These two silly humans stuck in the sand. Right.
1: And I mean, we were like laughing and having a good time. But yeah, they were very concerned. Because then, as soon as I went up there to go say hi to them, they were like, "Mm, never mind. They figured it all out and then they just all walked away.
0: (laughs) And so finally, we saw some lights in the distance. We were just sitting down to our meal. We were literally just sitting down to our lovely salad and soup. And we see some lights in the distance and the guy pulls up. So I go up onto the road. And it's just like a big Ram truck. It's just like a big Dodge Ram 2500. Yeah, it like doesn't look like a tow truck. truck. It's just truck. like a big truck. And he rolls down the window and this cool Icelandic man. And I'm like, well, are you the tow truck? And he's like, yeah, you called me. I'm like, great. Well, we're stuck. Help us out. And, uh, so it turns out that to be a tow truck, all you need is a big ass truck and some, some tow straps. ropes. And some know-how. And so this dude helped us out. He got us out of the sand and told us not to go off the road anymore because it's spring and the ground is soft.
1: Yes, because everything melted and there's more water and then it dries. Yep. Yeah.
0: So that was our adventure and he got us out. We finally got back and we're parked in a nice, safe and secure spot now. We're getting ready to check in for the night. It's like 2
1: a.m. and we're ready for bed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so that was... It was a really epic day. It was just a crazy, crazy epic day.
1: Yeah. So, ooh, moral of the story is know what you want, know why you want it, know where you're going, because if you're wishy-washy and you're not clear, then your ass is getting stuck in the sand.
0: You're getting stuck in the sand. So, yep.
1: And you'll have to get somebody else to tow you out. And that is lovely and not good all at the same time
0: so be decisive be assertive decide on something and then you probably end up with a good thing
1: yeah we kept expecting that the other person would be like oh yeah yeah lead the way no you gotta know
0: and all the other times we both just knew right away oh, we're, we're like knew. yep this is it this is great yeah. so anyway that's the moral of the story we'll check in with you tomorrow and continue the saga Okay, it's day six, and we started our day this morning with the Icelandic Wonders Elf and Ghost Museum. What city are we in? I don't know if it really matters.
1: In the far south, or, uh, we're in Stokeseri.
0: In Stokasiri. And it's really interesting because we pull up here, and it's this huge warehouse all painted black. And then there's this like rock stack turf kind of entrance in front of it. And it wasn't open, but there were signs on the front that said opening hours during this whole season. It says just call, it gives a number to call. And so I called this number, and a woman says, Okay, yes, are you in front? I'll be right down. And she just comes and opens it up for us. And it was really interesting. The Elf Museum was pretty great.
1: Yeah, we were the only ones in the museum at first. and. Uh, it, it's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a huge element of, uh, cheesiness, but, yeah. It's but kind
0: like, of in a wonderful way. Yeah, in a
1: really wonderful way. It's like, you you know, you walk through this, all these caves and tunnels and...
0: It's a guided tour, so you have a headset that's, like, narrating all these stories to you.
1: Yeah, and you get to see all these sort of apparitions of elves, you know, that that won't be there. And then, you know, a light will turn on and then they'll be there. And you get a little stone that you get to throw in the wishing well when the... The queen of the elves appears, and it was yep. fun. And you get
0: to sample a little seaweed, like eat some elf food, some yeah. like super food from the sea.
1: Yeah, and go through their hidden doorways and whatnot.
0: And then there was a big film and explanation about the northern lights that was cool. There was a whole room set up to like look like the northern lights. They're yeah, all flashing all the, walls on the walls
1: were all dancing with light. And there's a big
0: projector film of of actual northern lights displays.
1: And the ground was all gravel, like you were outside in. In the Northern Lights. It was cool.
0: It was really wonderful. And we heard all about, like, the different lore and legend from around the world of the Northern Lights. Some, you know, cultures would think it was a real blessing and a benefit when they would come, and then some would think it was, like, a curse, and it was uh, predicting some misfortune. So that was just very interesting. And then we went into the Ghost Museum, which was just wild and, like, kind of scary, and so many interesting tales and stories of mainly...
1: Like, fishermen and stuff.
0: Yeah, people being done wrong, and then their ghosts haunting the...
1: Yeah, so moral of the story is, don't be an asshole, and then you won't get messed with by ghosts.
0: Yeah, for real. And the tales were really, like, detailed, and it was just like, you know, classic ghost stories. Really good, with an Icelandic flair.
1: Yeah, and had that sort of classic kind of creepy haunted house feel, you know, where like, zombies popped out of the ground, and... Not really. My I'm not even into any of that kind of stuff, but um, I liked the historical uh, explanations. That was pretty fascinating.
0: It was very cultural, too. It was You could tell it was all like, you know, fishing huts and little churches. And it was just really interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of processing to do now, and I'm excited to get back out in nature.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> After all that. So we're going to go check out like a tiny art museum. There's a building that I'm going to go check out that it looks really interesting and the architecture is all out of place. It's very angular and pointy and sharp and like ultra modern. Not like anything
1: we've ever seen here.
0: No. So far it's like nothing I've ever seen. And so I asked, I was like, hey, what's up with that crazy pointy building over there? So I'm going to take some photos of it. And the lady said, oh, that building. And she kind of rolls her eyes. She said that an architect came to town and... Built it completely without any permission or permits, just started building this crazy house. And in the process, destroyed the seawall, because they have a seawall in this town for any, like, um, swells or flood or tsunami, kind of. Yeah,
1: to protect them from the water. To protect the, the whole
0: village. And I guess he tore through the seawall just to get a better view. And then when it was discovered, basically, the other people started reporting this guy that he was damaging the seawall. And then they came out and looked into it, and it was discovered that he did it all without any kind of permission whatsoever. He just bolted and took off back to Thailand and left his house here. And so now it's this weird, out-of-place, abandoned house.
1: hmm That's falling apart, and there's some furniture in it.
0: But so I'm going to go look at it and take some photos. Anyway, that's a great start to day 6
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got a big day ahead of us.
0: Talk to you later. Oh, we're concluding our day six adventure. And it was really great. After we went to the museum and saw that crazy, oh, we went and investigated that crazy building. Mm-hmm. It was pretty weird. Found an open door and creeped around inside. It's a total wreck, just like falling apart. And Little- they
1: didn't get very far in the project either. I mean, it didn't have really, I mean, it had some appliances, but it, none of the drywall had even been finished. And Anyway, typical old abandoned house story.
0: Yeah, falling apart but crazy. And then we continued up the Golden Circle, which is a really cool thing, very popular thing that many people do when they come to Iceland.
1: Yeah, most people only do the Golden Circle, actually, and it's really, like, the very brave... And courageous at heart that do Ring Road. And so we we had thought we would only have time to do Ring Road and that we would opt out of doing the Golden Circle. And so we were actually really thrilled that we made it through Ring Road as quickly as we did, so that now we're here we are on the Golden Circle.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the first stop was Golfos, which is the mightiest, largest, and most powerful waterfall in all of Iceland. And it's massively impressive. It's so big and so multi layered.
1: As we were even driving up the hill to get to the falls, we could see, you know, the land is pretty flat. And, uh, and we're just coming up, up to the, where the falls dip down in the valley. And it, the whole thing is just like bursting with rainbows. I've never seen anything like it. It's like looking out at flat land. And then seeing rainbows popping out of the ground, it was incredible because there was so much mist coming off of these huge, massive falls, and the sun was picking it up just perfectly. It was starting to set a little bit. It's, it was later in the day. It was around seven p.m. that we got there.
0: And the falls are just so impressive and striking. They're just they're they're captivating and interesting in their power. And it does this interesting thing where most waterfalls kind of come down straight into the river that they're going to continue as. But this one basically came down up against a cliff into this tight little valley, and then the river continued out sideways from it. It I haven't seen anything like that before. And And there's a perpetual floating rainbow, at least one, depending on the angle you're standing, all the time over the waterfall.
1: Yeah, at least one, sometimes, you know, two or three or four. And um, it was pumping out a massive amount of water. I mean, I would wonder what the comparison is to, like, Niagara Falls and whatnot. And actually, it it pumps out so much water that a British investor, private investor, wanted to build a hydroelectric dam.
0: In the early 1900s, around 1920, and one of the people that really loved the land kept putting in a bunch of legislation to try to stop it, and they kept falling through, and it looked like it was going to go through, and they were going to build this hydro dam on this beautiful waterfall. And then his daughter actually stepped up and... In a courageous effort, she walked barefoot all the way from the capital of Reykjavik to this waterfall, which is a real good distance. It's quite a ways. Very
1: far. Barefoot, supposedly, and threatened to throw herself into the falls if all the proposals and construction and whatnot wasn't uh, called off. So they called off the deal, and she was named the first environmentalist, and she was really kind of a badass. Yeah, I mean more than kinda, (laughs) she, um, was quite stern and was the the second oldest of 13 kids. And only seven of the kids made it to adulthood and her, you know, the sibling above her and below her both moved away and pretty young. And so she ended up tending to the other kids. And I mean, supposedly she would just like traverse Iceland, you know, she was quite sturdy. She was by herself. Yeah. She would just travel all over the land. And in her youth, they said she was very beautiful and just pretty svelte, being able to <laughs> crawl all over I- Iceland. Yeah. And then we went to go see the geysers. Geyser. Geyser. Which, Geyser.
0: Geyser, which has a very touristy, but really incredible hotel and gift shop and restaurant. And at least on our travel so far, it was probably like the highest class building and materials and like really cool finishes and some really great art installations in there.
1: And the most touristy site everywhere else that we've been has been really uh rustic. Like Ring Road, there's nothing. There's nothing and only maybe like the tiniest little farm village and then nothing for miles and miles and miles. So
0: And some of the villages are like five buildings.
1: Right. Tiny. Um so this was really the most populated place that we'd been, and the most touristy, you know, tour buses and, like Daniel said, the gift shop and hotel and people getting all excited with their photos and whatever. So, um, but it's quite a, a spectacular sight to behold, just having the ground be boiling and the the geyser. It's this huge watery hole, and you can you can just watch it sort of like pulsing, 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 and then all the water will get sucked in and then phew, go back out and sucked in. And it kind of gives you this this little bit of suspense and this build-up before and then you see it, all the water gets sucked down in and then then it explodes. It's And goes like, I mean how many feet, Daniel?
0: Oh, I don't remember how many feet it went, but it has different levels of eruptions because some of them aren't that big. There's minor and major ones. And it was comparing it to other well-known geysers and there were it was Bigger than
1: Old Faithful. Much
0: bigger than Old Faithful, but shorter than the tallest geyser in the U.S. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was pretty impressive.
1: Very impressive. And it goes off really regularly, like every 10 minutes. And then there's another one in the, in the same location, but it goes off, like, not very often anymore. I guess it used to go off every hour.
0: And now it's, like, once every four hours or something. Yeah,
1: it's, like, really rare.
0: And then there's also, at the same site, there's these beautiful pools of basically near boiling water they're probably just under a boil so there's not like the bubbles roiling up to the top but they're very hot like very very scalding hot
1: and because of the minerals and sulfur and whatnot that's in them they create these gorgeous colors like i guess you know some of them are sort of like an irony rusty red and and then there's gorgeous teals almost like a tropical beach
0: yeah. And like blue and just interesting water. And then they all have this like white ring around the outside, this kind of salt rim, mm-hmm. like salt around a margarita glass almost. Very interesting sight. Very cool. And uh just another way to witness the wonders and power of this planet. It's so cool.
1: It's been a windy day, very sunny, but windy. And so We'd been off and on warm and then cold and warm and cold. And so we thought it'd be great to go get in some hot springs. And so we've we've located our next hot spot. And um, they were just about an hour until closing. And so we decided to wait and spend a few hours doing that tomorrow. So we just sort of walked around the land. And what's the name of the lake? Lagervatan? L- yeah. Lagervatan? Uh,
0: You're real close.
1: Lagervatan? Lager- something like that. <laughs> real close. And it's like... In parts of the lake, it's boiling water. So it's super warm, um, mixed with cold.
0: And there's a hot spring right on the bank of the lake. And people like Vikings and residents here have been bathing in this hot spring in the hot area of the lake for a thousand years, at least. A thousand
1: years, people. Wow.
0: Because they have it documented that in the year 1000, when the people of Iceland voted... And decided to become a Christian nation and forsake all the other Norse gods that they used to worship. So when this happened, everybody in the area was making special requests to the pastors to be baptized in this lake.
1: Because it's warm. And before that, they were doing it in, like, freezing lakes.
0: In icy lakes. (laughs) So that's pretty interesting. And so we went right to the place where this hot spring is. And now they have the main hot spring, like, contained with a you know, facility. And that's what is pumped into the really fancy. There's a beautiful spa spa
1: there. We're We're going to go visit that tomorrow. Hours tomorrow. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited.
0: But all around this little barbed wire off, like you cannot go near this area. There's big signs that say warning geothermal activity. Like even coming close to this is at your own risk. It's just like
1: blasting with steam.
0: It's unpredictable, you Mm know, but You can go a little bit near it, and as we're walking around the shore of the lake, near this, like, fenced-off geothermal facility, there is this little spot about the size of a dinner plate in the black sand that is boiling. Like, like roaring boil. The fastest boil I've ever seen. Bubbling. Just bubble, 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 boiling, 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 boiling. Yeah. So wild. And so we filmed that...
1: We kind of were thinking that we'd get in the lake, but it's kind of sketchy in parts because I don't want to be going along and in, in a murky lake in the night and then hit a boiling spot. That and just sounds, get scalded. That sounds terrible. <laughs> no! So yeah. we're, we're just going to wait and go to the spa tomorrow. We cooked the most fantastic dinner. I mean, like when you're camping, rice, we found these like rice packets where you just like, <laughs> You just boil a little bit of water, and then you put the rice, pack it in the water, and oh, then yeah. it's like the fluffiest, most beautiful rice. Oh my gosh. So we're just like lap of luxury here in our camper van, and excited to go spa it up tomorrow.
0: Yeah. It's been another amazing day. We're almost all the way around the Golden Circle, and yeah. uh we'll see what comes next. Yeah,
1: and we thought it would be an early night. We thought, oh yeah, we're, we're not going to like jam-pack the day again. We're just going to only do the geysers in the waterfall uh, and get to our camp spot early. Nope. It's, no. almo- it's almost midnight. And still light out. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: that's the thing. It's it's kind of hard to get to bed early when it, you got the midnight sun. It looks, it looks like you would think it was maybe like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night, and it's midnight right now. So, it's kind of hard to get to bed early. Yeah. But.
1: We're warm, and we have full bellies, and great stories, and
0: full hearts. Yeah. We love you. Talk to you later.
1: Hi, welcome back. It's day seven, and we are just settling into the Smoky Valley, and uh, today was incredible. We went to Lagertan Fontana Lagar Vatten. Vatten. Fontana, which is a really cool spa that is built over some geothermal activity that's actually on a lake. Vatten, we, we have come to know, means lake. And actually parts of this lake are boiling.
0: Yeah, and it kind of moves around. They don't have it charted because the spot that boils will move around based on the geothermal activity.
1: And so... There were various hot pools, and then there were also, they built some really beautiful steam rooms. This was a gorgeous facility. They built some steam rooms over the boiling geothermal activity. And so the the water underneath coming up from the earth boils, and then they were able to harness it in these steam rooms. And they can change temperature really quickly, too. Like, we were in there, and it was really comfortable and then all of a sudden it was like oh my god we got to get out
0: like unbearable hot because the facility can't control it they've set it up in a natural way so there's no like valves or anything it's just whatever the spring is doing below is going to dictate what the heat in the room is
1: and so they even warn you when you first go there that you know this is a huge attraction is these steam rooms and that because they can't control it you just have to you know open the door or step out really quickly but you know enter at your own risk and It was fantastic. And then when you get really toasted and cooked and hot, then you can go cool off in the lake. And so I did that.
0: I did not. (laughs)
1: It was really fun. And I took a cold dunk. And like we said uh, earlier, that some of the spots are really boiling. And so when I first got in, it's actually warm. And then as you walk farther out into the lake, it gets colder and colder and colder. And I did the, the polar bear plunge. Over a
0: thousand years ago, people would travel and ask to get baptized there at Lake Lagavatin where it was actually warm as opposed to Lake Thingvalier nearby, which was icy cold. And so that's just pretty wild that people have been using that as a bathing spot for over a thousand years. And then here we're at this beautiful spa facility using the exact same spring that's still generating hot water.
1: Yeah, that was pretty smart on their part. I don't think I'd want to get baptized in ice cold water. It's like of course go for the hot spring.
0: Then our next stop, actually speaking of Thingvellir, I just said this lake Thingvellir, that is a a really amazing area and that was our next stop. It's part of the Golden Circle.
1: Yeah, and it's really a a massive historical site and it's also a really cool geographic wonder a as a geological well. site. Geological site. Yeah. So there's a lot of things happening there. So for 800 years, the Icelandic government held their open-air parliament. And people would travel from all over the country. It was usually, I mean, there would be groupings of about like 500 people.
0: From each area or village.
1: Each village area, yeah. And in the year, I think it was like 12 something, they counted that there were about 4,000 people that flocked to Thing- Thingvalier
0: And so all of those people, it ended up becoming this massive like pop-up city that just developed over the course of a couple weeks.
1: They would build their turf houses, so they'd stack up rocks and, and the grass, and then they would maybe put a beam over the top, and they'd bring canvas to lay over for the roof, and it was just I mean, it was like the first burning man, really, <laughs> it yeah, was like...
0: it was a crazy festival,
1: yeah, so you know it was all centered around political stuff, so this is where they would like make laws and uphold laws, and it was like very judicial, so they would would you know pass sentences, people could get married,
0: and they would vote for things. this is where yep. they voted to it become was... a Christian nation, yep. you know, they would vote for what the whole fate of the country would be,
1: and disputes would be settled. But it was also, like, the biggest event of the year. So, yeah, everybody would flock there. There would be lots of merchants and trade and, and selling happening. And people would brew beer.
0: And there were, like, sword sharpeners and, you know, people that made armor. Yeah, and the tanners and,
1: and the hiders.
0: Yep, and, like, people would have their food and selling all the leg of lamb or whatever they had going on. Yeah, and there would be a lot of yep
1: performers and beggars and everybody went. Um, this is where you would maybe meet the love of your life. This, and then, you know, have a marriage happen there.
0: Right, because most of your life you would spend in your little village and the surrounding area. And then once a year, it was a really big deal to get to go and meet somebody from who knows where. And you get to meet and mingle with new people and make some new friends and maybe meet a new love.
1: Yeah. So this went on for 800 years in the same spot. And the cool thing is, is that this is a, where the tectonic plates of, Europe and North America are separating, and so I think this is my hunch: is that I, they, you know, if you're if you're calling everybody in from all over the land, then you would meet where the lands meet, right? I think that they sensed because they could have picked anywhere that was closer or even cooler, like on the beach, <laughs> but, um, or like by a hot spring. But I think that they could feel the power of the land and. What was happening there, even though they didn't know?
0: Yeah, it's pretty incredible. So that on the geologic end, there's these like giant rifts all over the whole area that you can basically see the, the stone of the earth is just getting ripped apart. And so there's like valleys and valleys and valleys, um, all kind of running in the same direction.
1: And as... we climb down in between some of the plates.
0: Yeah. And so the North American continent and European continent are drifting apart from each other. and The only place on the entire planet that you can see the separation of tectonic plates on land is right there in Iceland. Everywhere else, the tectonic plates meet underwater.
1: And speaking of underwater, people come from all over the world to snorkel and scuba in between the plates. It's called Silfra, is the place where that happens, and the water is so crystal clear because it's so cold. That you can just see all the way down to the bottom, and it's
0: just these deep trenches and crevasses,
1: yeah, so you can so you can snorkel down under the water, see for a very like I forget what the distance is, I think it's like ten or fifteen feet,
0: no more than that, M- like meters,
1: oh meters, so, yeah. which is
0: like thirty or forty feet,
1: wow, and then you can touch you know both sides, both plates. So it's a, also voted one of the most beautiful places on the planet is Silfra.
0: Yeah, which happens to be underwater. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Thingvellir now it's a national park, and actually, you know, it's funny because the assembly is called a thing. So
0: Rachel did all this research as we were driving to our camping destination for the night. She was just researching all about the thing and thing valir and like finding out what it all meant and so mm-hmm.
1: well yeah cuz i couldn't even find any documentation that said that women even went at first it, it was just saying that men went and that there were these um what are they called the chief chieftains yeah yeah so there'd be a i think there were like 36 chieftains from each area of the country that would come and represent the people they would be traveling with in groups of about 500
0: And some of the people, you know, only had to travel maybe a day or two, but then some of the outlying villages and settlements had to travel for almost three weeks. Yep. Like 17 to 21 days of travel by horseback in a group of multiple hundreds of people traveling across the land.
1: Over the craziest land ever that's like so cold, even though it was in the peak of summer. And so they got to, you know, access the better weather and the longer days, but still, ooh. So, anyway, yeah, it was a thing. It was a thing. And so now there's actually this Icelandic saying, I won't even try to say it in Icelandic, but it's basically, if you go somewhere and there's a lot of people, uh, or it's starting to get crowded, you can say, what is the saying?
0: It's like, wow, this is about as crowded as the assembly.
1: Yeah, it's getting as crowded as the assembly. So I love that um, even Daniel and I, in our way of speaking, if we go somewhere and we see that there's a lot of people, we've already been saying, oh, like... Looks like it's a thing. It just gives a whole new connotation to that, whole new level of depth. Oh, well, it looks like there's a thing.
0: Yeah, because a thing was a huge gathering, a yep. massive, massive gathering of people and the biggest event of the year.
1: And this was happening all over Europe, Scotland, Ireland, England. They all had things or tings or dings.
0: Anywhere that says land at the end had a thing going on.
1: <laughs> there's all kinds of things happening. So yeah, Thing Valir. So it was a pretty
0: epic day and we We
1: wrapped Quintana. up
0: we wrapped up our golden circle journey.
1: Yeah, so today. we did Ring Road in about five days. And we did the Golden Circle in two days. And that's pretty epic. Pretty epic. Then we found out about of course we want to hit up every hot spring. So we found out about a hot river. We went in a hot lake. We went in some hot pots and hot springs and hot tubs. And this was my first ever uh, brush with a hot river. So we're getting really excited to do that tomorrow.
0: Yep. So we're parked at the base of that hike and then we'll start that out tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. Good night. Day 8. It's after
1: 1 a.m.
0: It's after 1 a.m. And today's been awesome. So we started out our day with a really lovely hike. It was like a three and a half kilometer hike.
1: To Raika something.
0: Raik Jadalur.
1: Raik Jadalur, which which means means the the Smoky smoky Valley. valley. We have discovered that Raika means smoky and Jadalur is probably valley.
0: So it's called Smoky Valley because all the steam of the uh, thermal activity fills the valley and you can see it as you're hiking up the valley. It's pretty cool. So it was a, it was an awesome hike and just the right amount of intensity, <laughs> I think. And you could see quite a few thermal attractions as you go up and one of them, like a couple of them, were so ferocious. They were just a boiling like crazy. And one of them was like even sputtering and splattering and shooting out of the, of the cauldron at the path.
1: Yeah, that one was shooting water. It shot you. <laughs> but then some of them were like these deep mud vats and it was just boiling, boiling mud and dirt of various colors. Some of them were brown. Some of them were this really lovely gray, gray gray-blue.
0: So if anybody's ever been to Yellowstone National Park, it is similar, but uh, this is a little more, like, rugged and kind of off the beaten path, so it was awesome.
1: Yeah, and it was the most gorgeous day. Sunny, blue skies. Uh, We got to sleep in, have a nice breakfast, and... um, yeah, the hike, I mean, it was pretty warm going up. We yeah. had to start shedding layers and stuff. And then we we got up there.
0: And it is a hot river.
1: Yeah, we went up to the top of the river. And I stuck my hand in and I was like, oh, yeah, this feels good. Totally great. And I started getting undressed. I got totally naked. <laughs> and she's the
0: only one. Everybody around, all the, old, all the other people are. Because there's actually kind of a lot of people here. I guess this place used to be almost a secret but then in the last like handful of years it's um become a little more known and so there were a lot of people around and rachel's like butt ass naked well
1: first of all it's really uncomfortable to be in water in a bathing suit i loathe bathing suits and i love being naked in nature like i've already said And come on, we're in Europe, people don't really give a shit, they're much more open to nudity and less squeamish about it, and I don't think it should even be a thing. So I am happy to be a trendsetter in that regard, and uh, also, we worked really hard to get there. We've also said this, that if you have to, like, get out far in nature, that pretty much means that, you know, bathing suits are optional.
0: Yeah, I agree. But anyway, Rachel was the only
1: one that was butt ass naked. So here I am standing in this hot river and it's so hot. I can't, I was thinking that I would just like get in and like ease my way in and then be, you know, yes, nude but covered by the water so not as big of a deal. But no, I couldn't even stand in it for like even a minute. I had to jump back out and put on our clothes and where I put my clothes back on. Then we walked way down the river and found the perfect spot. That was really. It was so beautiful and romantic.
0: Perfect temperature to hang out in for a good amount of time. Yeah, it was pretty incredible to be in hot running water. Like having it move past you in a river is something I've never experienced before. Didn't even know existed in the world.
1: Yeah, it was really relaxing to just lay there and look up at the blue sky. And there was lush green grass all around and cute little yellow flowers. Just be. And let warm water flow over you.
0: Yeah, it was really incredible. So, after a while of some wonderful au natural hot river soaking, we just hiked back down, had a nice picnic on the way. Yeah, that was it was incredible. a lovely picnic. Yeah, then we decided to head out to an area that we hadn't been to yet of Iceland. Um, there's a whole other peninsula a bit west of Reykjavik, so...
1: The West Fjords.
0: It's the lowest the lowest point of the West Fjords, mm-hmm. and it was an area that was outside of Ring Road that we already traveled. So we've we've done a full loop all the way around the country, and now we're kind of extending back out into this other area. And the drive was amazing. It was like a couple hours of nothing, just like farmland... And not even so much as the tiniest convenience store or anything other... Anything that would even resemble a village
1: Yeah, like all. we're way out here today. It's deep. Mm-hmm. It's almost... I would say it feels like it's just as deep as when we were up at the north in the very top of the ring road where there was just like nothing.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's very sparsely populated out here. And so... As we're heading out, then, like, all of a sudden, after going through farmland forever and ever and ever, and then, like, down a crazy mountain pass, there's a real cool village right at the bottom. Like, one or two little villages.
1: Yeah, on the water, like, little fishing villages.
0: We keep a lookout for these cool shit signs. There's this logo, like we've talked about before, that's like this four-leaf clover. And if you see that on a sign, but the interesting thing is it gives you zero warning. None, because the sign is right at the place that it is. And so there will be a name in Icelandic and a sign with this four-leaf clover logo on it directly at the place you're supposed to turn. And so more often than not, I'll see it as I'm passing and be like, oh, cool shit! And then I have to find the next place to turn around and come back to find it. Or if there's nobody in the road, which is a lot, I can just stop, throw it in reverse, and back up the freeway to get to the place. So we stop, pull over, and... The sign, the map there says that where we are, there is this spring, a natural spring that was blessed by somebody the good. It's like Sigmund the good or Goodney the good. Like 12. 12- Olaf. Oh, is it
1: Olaf the good? I think it's Olaf.
0: Well, there's somebody the good that was like the main dude for a long time when it came to Icelandic Christianity. He was like the Icelandic Pope, kind of. And he blessed this spring in the year 1220-something. Seven, I think.
1: 1227,
0: and people have been using it ever since, apparently. So we go on a wild goose chase for this crazy spring, and we can't find it anywhere. It seems like it dried up.
1: Yeah, we even had our fancy water purifier and everything. We're going to just load up on the holy water and... Live off of it for a few days. Oh, well.
0: Oh, well. But it ended up being an amazing (laughs) little side trip. And we saw a whole different area of the coast and these big awesome rocks we got to rock hop on. And it was real sweet. Then we continue on, now looking for our destination for the night. And we ended up going way out. All the way to the point. Onto the very tip, fingertip of this peninsula. You ordered. And it's like the most magical spot.
1: Oh, it's so beautiful.
0: We're parked right next to a lighthouse. There is all these craggy, crazy lava rocks all around us in this in this field. It looks like asphalt that has been broken up by an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Like big slabs of weird black volcanic asphalt-ish rock.
1: And then the most squishiest moss grew over it.
0: Yeah. But at this very point out here, there is greenery. There's like this lush green area that kind of stands out from the lava field. And in the distance are these striking white snow-capped mountains. And there is some historical stuff over here where the old fishermen with their open-top boats used to drag their big heavy-ass wooden boats up onto land. And you can still see markings in the stone from where they would do this like a thousand years ago. There's also a crazy well that we're going to go explore tomorrow. It's like nothing I've ever seen. Stones cut into the rock, and uh, you kind of go down some steps into the earth, and there's water in there. I already poked around at it a bit, and there's a sign that it has a name, which I need to go research, and uh, it says, nobody knows how old it is or who dug the well, but it is very heavily protected. And they say that the well has... Three sources of water that trickle into it, which is clean spring water, holy water, and ale all trickle into the well, and that's the mixture that's there. So that's pretty wild.
1: And then we got to experience a really incredible phenomenon where the moon, we got to watch the moon rise out from behind this gorgeous snow-capped mountain. And meanwhile, the sun was setting, but mind you, it doesn't really set all the way because it's uh after 1 a.m. and it's still very bright out. So we got to witness this like flaming red sun and sunset-ish uh parallel on the horizon line the moon rising. So the sun and the moon were directly across from each other. Uh, and, and and the moon was glowing red and the sun was glowing red. And the sky is pink uh and gray. I mean,
0: and there was absolutely nothing in between the sun and the moon. Like, we could see both in a straight line with no trees, no nothing blocking either one. So the sun setting in the ocean, the moon rising up behind us, and, like, you could see both so clearly. And they were both about the same size because the moon is so big.
1: Yeah. It was magical because the moon's, yeah, totally full right now.
0: Wow. It was incredible. It was absolutely <laughs> incredible. So what a day. What a day. And we're really excited for tomorrow where we're going to head out to check out some kind of big crazy cave.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully we can get there. Yeah. And <laughs> we'll see.
0: We'll see what's up. So thanks for joining us on this journey. We're really excited to share it with you. Mm-hmm. Good times. Talk to you tomorrow.
1: about that yeah that experience is
0: still (laughs) with me I can recall that experience so clearly of being out on the end of that peninsula as the sun was setting and the moon was rising at the exact same time in the sky it was
1: Mm -hmm. so miraculous I mean all of the experiences are really deeply embedded in my DNA they're palpable they're tangible all I have to do is simply recall and I'm right back there that's how powerful Iceland is
0: It is such an honor to share our experience with you, and I think you get a little better window into us and our sense of humor and who we are as people, because you've heard us mainly as hosts here, but this really is showing you who we are Mm -hmm. just when it's the two of us. (laughs) And so thank you for joining us. Be sure to come back for part three as we conclude our journey around the beautiful country of Iceland.
1: See you there.